Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I'm joined by Dewey Burke, Carolina 113, NC State 96. Dewey, I'm not sure I've seen Carolina as aggressive as they were against NC State, especially in the first half. Loved our aggressiveness, the way we attacked them, really pushed the pace, and a total team effort. I mean, you look at the box score and had a bunch of guys in double figures, and I loved how we shared the ball. I loved our aggression defensively, pounded them on the glass. And, you know, Luke and Kobe took some maybe questionable shots here and there, but all in all, just a, a fantastic team effort. And I think pretty quickly in that game, State in no way thought they had a chance to win. We took the heart from them pretty early. They did. Carolina jumped on NC State earlier, and Luke Meg, do he just continues his dominance uh, of NC State. And what I liked is he went straight at guys um, that he's better than, and he gave those guys no opportunity to do anything. He attacked Wyatt Walker. He attacked Thunderbird, whoever, Hellums, whoever tried to get on him, and he just did work. He finishes with 31-12, and 12, and for me, the big thing for me in this game is he's 10 for 15. So he was very efficient scoring 31 points, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. I mean, that is exactly what Carolina needed tonight against NC State, who you knew was better than their 24-point outing. Um, but you wanted to make sure they, like you said earlier, had no shot early. And Luke May helped with that. And that's the All-American Luke May that we saw a number of times last year, and I think some of us have been waiting to see him play free, play aggressive, and and sh- and play with the efficiency that he did a number of times, obviously, against State uh, the past three games before this, but just a lot last year. And they put the graphic up that his points per game is down, his shooting percentage is down from three and from two. But again, he's not hiding from anybody like he did for half or two-thirds of the year last year. He's probably number one on the top of the scouting report, uh, or at least up there with certainly with um, with Kobe and Cam. So defenses are focusing on him, and, and certainly he's the first post guy you think about when you're trying to guard us. But he was fantastic from, from all phases. You know, you could nitpick and say four turnovers. He still has been somewhat careless with the ball this year, but you just he played so hard, and I think it was his effort level led to a lot of easy opportunities that he was able to convert. And I know all of us were frustrated at times with his free throw shooting last year, and so to see him go 10 for 10, grab 12 rebounds, he was clearly the most dominant player on the floor and posed his will. I don't know if State didn't offer him or pissed him off or something when he was in high school, but he seems to always have uh, have his best for the Wolfpack. He did. I tweeted and I saw several other people say it. I mean, I think we found a player that dislikes NC State as much as Roy Williams does. Do we get ready for a game like this? And we've talked about it a lot, but I want to you know, go back just a little bit. Getting ready for a game. Talk about Roy Williams' mindset uh, facing NC State, especially in Chapel Hill. Yeah, like you said, we have discussed it on this podcast before, but Coach Williams has a a special set of feelings for NC State. It's obviously a big rival of ours with being an in-state school, but he has a personal feeling or set of feelings for State. He had an incident when he was a student over there at their old gym, 
and it stuck with him. And he just really has a very strong dislike for that school and that that program when it comes to athletics and and playing basketball against him. So it is about as fired up as you see him get. And he's not afraid to tell us that, which I love. You know, he always wears his emotions on his sleeve, which everybody knows. But even behind closed doors, he makes it clear how he feels about NC State. He always talks about how you will have never and will never see him wearing something red. He's, uh, He's crystal clear. So I know he would have been happy, especially the first 25, 28 minutes of this game with the way we played. We took the fight to them. And uh, he'll sleep well tonight knowing that we uh, we went 2-0 in that, against them again. Let's talk about a couple of individual players. We always break it down. Folks are going to talk about Kobe White's 21. We can do that. But I want to look at Kenny Williams. Now, this is a guy that we've uh, talked about a lot, and he struggled shooting a lot. Kenny Williams tonight, 6 of 7, three, uh, 2 for 2 from 3, 3 for 4 from the line. 17 points, four rebounds, three assists, one turnover, 30 minutes of action. Uh, Kenny Williams plays like that. I find it hard to believe that teams are going to be able to – anybody but the most upper elite teams are going to be able to keep up with North Carolina. I think that's right. I mean, we've talked a lot, and I've said on this podcast a lot, that it has felt like for many games that for us to win, Kobe, Cam, and Luke all have to play well and all have to score. And then we started to see the last three, four, five games, Nas has started to participate in the scoring column. And then you get a game like this out of Kenny where he he finally, I don't know if he snapped out of his shooting slump, but he he shot for the game six for seven. He attacked the basket nicely, had a couple good rebounds, he defended. And to see him score 17 points, lead us in minutes at 30 was refreshing, I think, for everybody to to see that this was the Kenny we hoped we'd have all year. So hopefully it's the start of something. He defended great as well. Overall, our defense wasn't as good as it was against Louisville, and I know Coach said that Kenny had one of the best defensive grades he recalls having since he came back to Carolina. He had a 40 good plays, which is a, a ton, uh, just remembering those film sessions and the way that we get graded. Uh, I don't know that anybody had anywhere near that tonight. You look at the stats for State, and they ended up shooting 50%, and they shot pretty decent from three as well. But that doesn't tell the whole story. It was an up-and-down game. There was a ton of possessions, which led to them being able to get those 96 points and shoot a decent percentage. But happy for Kenny. I always kind of feel that way when it's a senior who snaps out of a funk they might have been in. It's uh, You just feel good for him because you know how much it means to a kid like that. And he still has played as hard as he possibly could, been a good leader, been vocal. So hopefully this is the start of hopefully him shooting the ball much better for the rest of the year. M. Johnson, you know, he continues to be Carolina's uh, best player, I think. Uh, I mean, I think we could debate it, but I think he's proven that he's the best guy out there night in and night out. And he, he shot it well again, had 17 points. But Dewey, I think the the most important, uh, possession for Cam Johnson is when he took it from the left wing and drove it all the way straight to the basket um, on the right side and made the layup. Cam Johnson being aggressive, of course, we didn't see it at all last year. We've seen it some this year. Just makes the guy pretty much unguardable, especially when he can drain the 25, 26, 27-foot threes. And again, he's 6'9", and I still don't think people understand that. I don't think State really understood uh, what he presented there, he looked really good attacking the basket. 
He did. And like you said, his ability to show that side of his game and, and other teams hopefully putting that on film is going to translate to hopefully even more open shots. But he's just so efficient. I just love the way he plays for us in in our system. And I'm still waiting for him to have that game where he shoots 11 or 12 threes. I don't know that he'll ever be that aggressive. I just feel so good about the ball leaving his fingertips. They all just about look like they're going in and it comes off so smooth. I'd love to see him go ahead and shoot 12 of them and make seven or eight in one game. He's He's got that capability. But again, efficient, our most consistent player. Again, right on his average, about 16, 17 points. And he just does everything right, it feels like. He's an underrated defender. He had four assists. He typically doesn't turn the ball over very much. And he usually has more rebounds than the two he had tonight. If he's not a first-team All-ACC player, I don't know what you have to do to be one. But he's been fantastic. And we're so lucky that he stayed and that we were able to have him and count on him as a senior. It's 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 been pretty fortunate. When you're talking about shot attempts, and this is something I've been wanting to ask you, you know, I talked about on Twitter and one of the podcasts that I thought Luke maybe shot a few too many shots at times. And we've mentioned that a little bit tonight, forced a few, but when you've got a guy like Cam Johnson that will not, he doesn't shoot outside of the realm of the offense. How does Roy Williams um, push him to shoot more or does he, is that something that coach Williams just wants to come through the flow of the game or does he encourage guys like Cam or Kenny that can really shoot it from the outside to get up more shots. How does that work in Roy Williams' system? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, he is very clear with guys on who he really feels has the green light and sometimes guys that don't. We all remember from back in the day when Jackie Manuel was told by Coach Williams that, hey, you're not going to be a three-point shooter for us, and the stats bared that he shouldn't be shooting threes. For a guy like Cam – at least from the way I remember it, the way coach would teach that or coach that, it would almost be if Cam passed up a shot he, he should have taken and then perhaps it turned into a turnover or we didn't get a good shot on that possession. He can coach him up and say, Cam, let's look at this possession. If you go ahead and take the shot, it's most likely that one of two things is going to happen. One, you're going to make it because you're a great shooter. Or two, we got a great opportunity to get an offensive rebound. And neither of those things happened on this possession. We didn't get a good shot and we didn't get offensive rebound because you passed up a look you should have taken. So it's kind of a a softer way of approaching the subject by just bearing the possession out and saying, look, look what ended up happening because you didn't take a shot that we all think you should take. So when you're open and you catch it in rhythm, you got to let that thing go. And so hearing that time and time again, I think hopefully we'll get him to be more aggressive. And I think he has been. I mean, I think we went back and watched – the last six, seven games of last year, the first six, seven, six, seven games of this year to watching the last two or three games, four or five games, he is more aggressive. He is less hesitant to just catch and let it rip. But again, I just, I would just love to see what would happen if he shot 12 threes because it feels like he'd make eight of them. Yeah, it's interesting watching uh, another team in the era, in the area, at least where I am, those guys get up 25 and 30 shots in a night if cam johnson did that he might score 50 and that would be uh, certainly interesting for a north carolina player to do but i'm with you he always looks like it's going in and it's just a pretty stroke let's uh i'm looking at the stats here and i see points in the paint were even at 50 
Um, of course, NC State with the run at the end got a lot of easy baskets. Interesting that they uh, did never took out their starters, but you know whatever you want to do, you still lost by 17. When you play that way, it just doesn't look too good. Doesn't leave a, a good taste in my mouth if I'm on the end of that bench. But neither here nor there. I say all that to get to Garrison Brooks. Brooks four for four, just eight points, but ten rebounds, six assists. You think that may be his best night as a North Carolina player, Dewey? He was so solid, yeah. And obviously those those four for four, was it at least three dunks, if not four, made a nice little catch on the baseline in the first half, shot fake, one dribble dunk. Just what I'm happy with the way Garrison has been playing is is his contribution is overwhelmingly positive. He's solid on the defensive end. He's been pretty good on the backboard, but offensively he's been finishing around the rim better than he was earlier in the year. And he's become somebody you can truly throw the ball to as an outlet or as part of a set. And he's going to make the right pass with the ball, which is not something that we've talked about very often with some of Carolina's bigs. So for him to lead our team in assists and have zero turnovers is incredibly impressive. So, I mean, across the line, he effectively had a perfect game. Eight points, four for four from the field, 10 rebounds, six assists, and no turnovers. He was fantastic. And again, it's just encouraging that offensively at the beginning of the year, he would catch the ball, he would hesitate, he wasn't going up that strong, he would get a shot blocked, or he would turn the ball over. And now he's being much more aggressive, trying to put everybody in the rim, trying to dunk the ball. He was great. And, and he did all this in addition to being pretty solid on the defensive end. Clearly has not emerged because he's been there the whole year, but clearly has earned his starting spot. I know we've all talked, oh, we hope Nas would start and this and that. A guy who plays like that, you can't take out of the starting lineup. I, I agree. You can't. He had five offensive rebounds. Carolina had 14 on the night. He had five of them to go with uh, five defensive rebounds. Like I said with Cam, I mean, he took that ball. Now, the NC State guy doesn't need to bite on that head fake, but he pump fakes and he drives and dunks in the first half. Garrison Brooks has really woken up and played um, like Carolina needs, and he's developed. Um, and speak to this a little bit. He doesn't have he he's not a catch and then dribble a few times and then make a post move. But I think Dan Bonner, Bonner mentioned during the the broadcast, if he can catch it and make one move, he can score. And he did that tonight, whether it was a dunk. I think he had one lay in. But just speak to his evolution in that regard. Um, it's almost like the game slowed down. He settled down. He doesn't appear to have any, I don't know if nerves are the right answer, but he seems more confident and sure of himself to be able to make that move. And Carolina desperately needs it. They do. And I agree with you. He doesn't need to have a, an array of post moves like some of our more accomplished bigs that went on to be lottery picks. A simple, uh, excuse me, a simple jump hook over his left shoulder is all he needs. He needs to be able to catch and shoot and make a 15-footer when the opportunity presents itself on a pick and pop or whether the ball is moving or he finds himself in the middle of the zone. And then he needs to finish around the rim. That's what you're asking for from a big that is not the focal point of the way we score on offense, at least on this team. We're more perimeter-oriented. And he's figured out his little niche and done that very well, especially the last four or five games. And again, like you said, he's not a guy we're going to throw it into. He's not going to draw a double team. He's not going to turn and face up, jab, step, one dribble, spin move, stuff like that that Sean May used to do. 
But what he can do is catch the ball, be decisive with that jump hook, and then just be around the rim to make plays. And if he does that, he continues to be extremely solid for us. Look, it's not going to change who we are. We're going to continue to score outside in with this team. But if he can be reliable and efficient and shoot above 60%, which he should because of the ease of most of the shots he should take, then that's perfect for us. He does that. He cleans up the backboard and defends. He's an ideal, call it, fifth starter for us as far as being the last option offensively. He just needs to be solid and continue to play with confidence. And I think the biggest thing, like you said, is his confidence has increased, and that has led him to be much more aggressive. And when you're a big and you're that size in this conference and you're around the rim, you got to try to dunk everything because if you don't, it's going to get thrown against most teams. And I think he's started to get that figured out, and he's been more aggressive around the rim, which has paid dividends. Yeah, and it's interesting to watch how his personality has come out um, because I thought early in the season and maybe some last year, he he almost seemed shy, and maybe that was the nerves, maybe that was just the unsuredness, but when he gets loose, I think it pumps up the rest of the team. It's, a, it's good to see the rest of the team get involved with other guys doing well. Brooks, like I said, 8-10 and 10 against NC State, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, and, and one of my buddies texted me and said, you don't have to have the Nasir little portion of the podcast tonight. And we usually, <laughs> reserve, we usually reserve it for Sherelle McMillan's, but I got to talk about Nas a little bit. I mean, 12 points, five, six total rebounds. He had uh, three turnovers, two turnovers, but he probably could have had another one and got bailed out on a foul call. But what I like to see, and I'm sure Roy Williams does, he's eight for 10 from the foul line. So he's attacking, he's getting to the line, and he's making those shots. He just seems like a different player in the last uh, two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, I think he's settled in. I think he understands his role probably. He's been good at ignoring he should be starting, he shouldn't be, oh, he's not playing as well as the Duke guys, blah, blah, blah. blah. He just has settled into his role. That might be a season high in minutes, Tommy. You'd have to check and, and see. But 25 minutes, efficient on the floor two for four great from the line six rebounds and there were a couple plays that had they not just reached out and grabbed him we might have seen another couple highlight dunks from him so he's figured out that the way he's going to impact the game is around the rim so whether that's on the offensive glass or penetrating and getting to the rim and getting fouled or running the floor because again he could have had a couple on the break that just didn't quite pan out i thought seventh missed him on one i thought kobe missed him on one he seems to have gotten more comfortable understanding how he fits. And whether that means the game has slowed down or there was a, a discussion he had with Coach Williams and the staff or whatever, very positive impact on the game athletically, physically, and like you said, getting to the free throw line. So as a team, we shot the ball great, 18 for 21. And he and Garrison, they were the only, uh, him and Luke, I guess. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm looking at free throws. They were the only guys that made free throws. No, you're oh, looking at the half. Second half. Second Sorry, half. 18 yeah. for 21 in the second half, yeah. But still, 31 for 37 from the line for the game, 8 for 10 from him, and Luke was 10 for 10. Really solid. You know, two of our three bigs that play the most minutes getting to the line and shooting, you know, an unbelievable percentage. Nothing you could ask for more than that. Yeah, Kobe White, 21 and 
21 points again, 7-8 from the line, like you mentioned, 4 assists. We don't even need to talk about him specially because he just continues to do his thing. But I do want to ask you one thing about his game specifically. When he attacks the rim, uh, and we've talked about it a little bit, but he continues to seek out contact and still get the ball up on the glass and in the basket. I thought he did that several times tonight and just, again, I'm not sure, and I know Carolina and State have played before, but the way the State players were, I'm not sure they really expect him to be attacked like that. And Kobe's sort of the head of the snake when North Carolina's rolling like that. He is, and the kid's just fearless. He just will keep coming. It just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And he hasn't shot the ball very well the last two games. He made a couple threes tonight, but overall percentage the last two games hasn't been great. But he will just keep throwing himself at you until you either foul him or he makes a great pass like the one he dished off to Luke, which was beautiful in the game. You know, look, nitpicking again, take care of the ball. He only had two turnovers. Really nothing you can say about that as much as he has the ball in his hands. I'd like to see him shoot a little bit better. But just the relentless pace and the number of possessions and the track meet that this game turned into was because of him and his aggressiveness, make miss, didn't matter. As soon as he got that ball, he shot out of a cannon. I'd love to know what Coach thinks as far as his ability to push the ball. I can't imagine there's been anybody since Ty that we could say has been better, and he might just be as good. You know, He's not as, as strong and, and low to the ground and maybe not quite the finisher Ty was, but, man, he just – Imagine him as a junior if he ever got to that point like Ty and Raymond did. I, we may not ever see it, but I tell you what, can you imagine seeing him playing his 75th to his 85th and 90th game in a Carolina uniform, how good he would be? Uh, and just imagine if he put on 20 pounds of muscle and could do it. I mean, he'd be unstoppable. And that's another thing. People see the hair, but they don't realize he's 6'5", and a 6'5 point guard is is big in the college game these days he's fun to watch but like you said I, I don't think we see him as junior anyway anyhow unless something drastically changes let's uh wrap the show and look sort of overall a little bit at carolina and i hadn't talked to you too much recently but they're eight and four eight and one in the conference five of those games are on the road um, your thoughts where the hills are right now they've got a a stretch coming up, Miami Saturday, Virginia Monday. So a tough little stretch, but about what you expected, especially how the season started? You know, I don't know that I would have thought we'd be undefeated on the road at this point. In my mind, especially when we had some of those games before conference where we really struggled, especially defensively, especially taking care of the ball. Obviously, the Michigan game comes to mind, the Kentucky game. I hoped that, and I remember actually having this conversation with a friend of mine, I hoped that we would probably go call it seven and two at home. And then if you could get three, maybe four wins on the road, that that was really solid. So for us to be where we are with only one loss in the conference has exceeded my expectations, not so much from the beginning of the year, but based on a couple of those games where we really struggled with our intensity level, our effort level, our ability to defend, keep people out of the lane. The Texas game is another one. And also how careless we could be with the ball. I was concerned that we would come into conference. And if those things continued to happen, 
that we were really going to struggle, especially on the road. And not that I was doubting Coach Williams. I just was letting my eyes tell me, you know, what I thought could happen. But something's changed. You know, the aggressiveness has been far superior than it was in those couple games we talked about. They're shooting the ball better. They're getting contributions from guys like Garrison, guys like Nasir Little. And they're just playing well and they're playing confident. And one thing we didn't talk about a lot today, but it's been very evident the last couple games, is they're really sharing the ball nicely. It's a totally unselfish unselfish team. Guys know who the scorers are and most of the shots are going to go to. And even if they force one or two there, you don't see them chirping at each other. You don't see egos. They're together. They're getting better defensively. They're getting better taking care of the ball. And they got some guys that, Come March, there are some teams in the tournament. You think you want to deal with Kobe in the tournament, healthy and and feeling confident? You want to deal with Cam Johnson because he could make eight or nine threes in a game? So I think we're rounding in a form. we got a tough stretch coming up that's going to tell us a lot when we play Virginia, obviously play Duke a couple times. But I would say they've exceeded my expectations based on where they were on January 1. Good stuff there. To your point, 26 assists on 37 made baskets against NC State in the 17-point win. Last question before I let you go, and many thanks to Dewey. If folks are wondering um, how we're doing this podcast, Dewey's on vacation, and it's NC State, so he took time away from that vacation to talk to me and share with our Inside Carolina listeners. So props for that, Dewey. But I want to ask you a question about – something's changed you know what changed on january 12th carolina lost by 21 points at home to louisville Um, is a game like that necessary sometimes for the players the coaches understand uh how thin a line it is but is a game like that necessary for some guys just to get it to realize that you're going to get your butt kicked especially in the acc if you do not bring it every night um, speak to that because that game was ugly. And since then, they've worn people out, including Louisville and now NC State. Yeah, you know, my recollection of how coach handles games and or even situations like that within a game when it's that, you know, when it's that bad, for lack of a better way to put it, and he may have said just this, whether it was after the game or the next day in practice or whatever in film, He may have said, guys, if you want to feel like this feels the rest of the season or ever again, then you'll keep playing the way we played because this feels about as bad as it can feel. And my, my reasoning for saying that, and I remember it very vividly, in 2009, well, obviously we went on to win the national championship, we were in that game with LSU where we weren't playing so well. And I remember Bobby telling me that he pulled Bobby and Tyler and Danny in. They were all in the game. He pulled them over. Just three of them wasn't even timeout. And he just simply said, if you want your career to end here tonight, keep playing like this and walked away. And then they changed. And obviously the rest is history. So it could have been something like that where he just said, guys, if you want to feel like this, keep playing this way or We can get better defensively. We can bring more aggressiveness, more energy, take care of the ball better, and play like we're capable of playing. So if it was some message like that, it wouldn't surprise me just because he's done that before. And it's not always yelling at guys, and and not that he berates us ever, but getting on people with raising his voice. It's just talking about how does this feel? 
because that's about as bad as you can feel getting blown out at home and saying our season is at a crossroads on January 12th. If you ever want to feel like this again, keep doing what we've been doing. Or if you want to feel great and do things together as a team and win and share in the joy of that, then we got to change the way we're doing things. And, and since then they have. So maybe it was that game. Maybe it was the film session afterwards. I don't know. But ever since then they haven't looked back and, and they've, taking the fight to every opponent. And that's what we talk about a lot. You take the fight to them. We have enough talent and skill and shooting to win or be in every game that we've got the rest of the way. But the, the margin is thin. I mean, they've had really four games like that. If you think about it, Louisville, Texas, um, obviously the Michigan game and the Kentucky game. So we hope we don't see that team again. We hope whatever happened after Louisville, Louisville game is who we're going to be from here forward. And hopefully it can be a fun ride for us to watch. Carolina beat State on to Miami at noon on Saturday, and then Virginia comes calling at 7 p.m. in the Smith Center on Monday. Dewey, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.